Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to be with you today. And uh, we'll hear from Neil Kulwan and Sweeney Mooney later in the show today. Um, all right. The. Of course, the one-game playoff tonight, Red Sox-Yankees, will be uh, tonight, 8.05 on ESPN. Now, the Dodgers play the Cardinals tomorrow. If you're Major League Baseball, and this is nothing against the Cardinals, you could have a team win 106 games. 106 games. And be done. Now, it's not unprecedented. Because, you know, tonight the Red Sox and Yankees are playing each other. Okay? And in 1978, we all know, the Yankees and Red Sox each had the best records in baseball. They both won 99 games. Each team was 99 and 63. And, of course, the Yankees dramatically won the one-game playoff courtesy of the Bucky Dent home run. And as Reggie Jackson said, when they beat the Dodgers in the World Series in 78, they asked him about, you know, beating the Dodgers. And he said, look, we feel like we won it the day we beat the Red Sox. He said they were the second best team. He said they're the best team we played all year. And if the Red Sox had won, the Red Sox players would have said the same thing about the Yankees. So a team that won 99 games, tied for the best record in baseball, couldn't get past game 163. And they were done. The Dodgers are in that situation tomorrow night. 106 wins and may not get out of it. And may not get out of it. Now, there's going to be one interesting move tonight dealing with this game. J.D. Martinez was left off the wild card roster. Why? He's running out the left field in the fifth or sixth inning on Sunday. And his foot hit the bag, and he you know, hit the second base bag, and he sprained his ankle. <laughs> Under the category of, you got to be kidding me. Really? So he's off the roster tonight. So Kyle Schwarber is going to be the DH. There's one other one that was expected because the rules dictated this player would not be on the roster. You have to be on the roster by August 31st to be eligible for the postseason. Well, Julio Iglesias, not a star, but has always been a really good player. He actually came up with Boston. And then he was very good with Detroit. And, you know, he was good with the Angels. And, and I think it was with Baltimore, too. Um, he was good with the Angels, and this year he didn't have a good year. Well, the Red Sox reacquired him in on September 5th. And he played second base most of the month of September and was a huge contributor for them at the plate in the field. But because he was acquired September 5th, everybody knew he would not be on the roster. 
can't be on the postseason roster if you are acquired after August 31st. So, I mean, everybody knew that going in. So Christian Arroyo will start at second base. And I'm going to guess that Gary Sanchez is not in the lineup tonight for the Yankees. And the reason I'm saying that is he doesn't normally catch Garrett Cole. And you know, there's an old saying, and this comes from Tony LaRusso, that when you get to your line in the sand game, you put your best offensive lineup out there, except that catcher. Except a catcher. There are certain pitchers that pitch better with certain guys behind the plate. And Cole does not mesh well with Gary Sanchez. So that's why I think um, that Sanchez won't be. I have not seen the Yankee lineup yet. But I knew I do know Kevin Plawecki is going to start for the Red Sox behind the plate and not Christian Vasquez. And the reason for that is same story. For whatever reason, Evaldi's just a little more comfortable with Plawecki behind the plate, plus Plawecki actually hits Garrett Cole. Sort of. I'm not sure anybody hits Garrett Cole, so I, I'm going to say sort of. But for $36 million, this is your guy. <laughs> $36 million. All right. Um, oh, geez. Joe West is umpire. Oh, he's the plate umpire tonight. you got to be kidding me. Wow. If he was on the base, is fine. But, boy, is a plate umpire. The, the Red Sox have the home game tonight because they, they won... 10 out of the 19 games in the regular season, except they won 10 of the first 13. The Yankees have won the last six. The last one they won, Joe West had played too big a role in it, for my opinion. I mean, they're, um, they've got Aaron Judge struck. Uh, he has struck out. I'm sorry. My apologies. It was um, Kike Hernandez at the plate. The pitch is four to six inches outside. And he called them out strike three. This is when the Red Sox were rallying. And they, they did score in this inning. It would add more. And then he botched the dropped the call on Vasquez, who caught it. And then on the exchange, to take it out of his glove, he dropped it. And he said he didn't hold it. Like, he didn't hold it? You're standing right there, Joe. I was like, ah, oh, boy. Not good. So he'll be the home plate umpire tonight. Fabulous. He's had a great career. Interesting guy. But, yeah. And Joe West is going to do the plate for the Dodgers and Cardinals. He's their problem. Okay. There we go. Perfect. There we go. And the home plate umpire tonight will be Mark Carlson. All right. Carlson's actually pretty solid. All right. 
I didn't want Joe West. No offense to Joe West, who's had a great career. Not my first choice to do this one game tonight. But, all right. And then Tampa Bay is named Shane McClanahan as their game one starter. Does that really matter for Tampa Bay? And Shane Boz will be on the mound for game two. Drew Rasmussen probably game three. But nobody, let's see. But nobody pitches more than three innings for them. What the? Let's see. Let's see. Ba, 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 ba. McClanahan last year became the first pitcher to make his major league debut in the postseason with 10 and 6, 25 starts. Okay. Boz, member of the silver medal winning U.S. Olympic team 2 and 0, 2.03, and three starts. This team's. The, the Rays are remarkable. Rasmussen, acquired from Milwaukee in May, 4 and 0, 2.44, 20 games, including 10 starts. It's like. I give Tampa Bay credit. I think they're about the only ones that can make this thing work. And they do make it work. Yeah, I, mean, I got to give them credit. They make, I mean, you got to make it work. And they do make it work. And you feel like the winner of the Red Sox Yankees game tonight, it's just that. They're not going to make it through the next round when it comes to uh, when it comes to uh, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's just been too good and too good for both the Yankees and the Red Sox. All right, now this story: looking to address the growing number of transfers. <laughs> the NCAA Division One Council approved a one-year waiver today that will allow college football teams to sign up to seven players or replace those who leave. Current NCAA rules state a team can sign more than 25 players to a scholarship in any year. Right? It's been that way for a long time. That includes incoming high school prospects and college transfers. The waiver allows teams to sign 25 players plus as many as seven transfers, not high school players, to replace those who transfer out in the first term. With the loosening of the transfer rules, leading to more players switching teams combined with the bonus year of eligibility granted to athletes who competed during the pandemic in 2020, coaches had two main concerns. One, not being able to replenish a roster after a potential mass exodus of transfers. Number two, not being able to sign a full complement of high school prospects because an increased number of scholarships were being used on Voila, transfers. Sandy Barber said, we believe that uh, schools should have temporary flexibility to address possible roster depletion due to transfers. This one-year waiver enables schools to properly utilize their scholarship limitations. The waiver is expected to become official after the Division I Council concludes its meeting tomorrow. And Sandy's a part of that group. That's why she's quoted in this article. It is amazing what the transfer portal has meant. Amazing. Next, Maryland. You may have watched uh, Friday night the Iowa-Maryland game. Dante Demas, who's a really good wide receiver, really good for Maryland, was returning a kickoff. And his leg twisted awkwardly when being tackled. It turned out he suffered a knee injury. 
And unfortunately, unfortunately, because I hate to see anybody get hurt, he's done for the season. Uh, Demas was leading Maryland in receptions at the time with 28, receiving yards with 507. He had three touchdowns. He was also Maryland's leading receiver in 19 and 20. 103 career receptions and 13 touchdowns. Maryland is at Ohio State this week. So it's going to be Jay Sean Jones or Rakim Jarrett. And it should be pointed out, Jarrett's a little banged up. And the tight end, Aconquo, who caught a touchdown pass against Iowa, is also going to be the other spot out there. That's what happens with certain teams, for example. Like, for, let's go to Minnesota, for, for example. They lose Mo Ibrahim, heck of a running back, ruptured Achilles, awful. So Trey Potts, who's very good, has stepped in for them. Right? But Potts, they're playing Minnesota on Saturday, and Potts left the field late in the fourth quarter, and he was transported to a local hospital. And you know, in West Laf in Lafayette, and he's still in the hospital. Yeah, I mean, he had 15 carries for 78 yards and a touchdown in the game. And he's around well, with Ibrahim out. He's been their leading rusher with 552 yards and six touchdowns. But you know, they've got a bye week. They'll host Nebraska on the 16th. But again. Uh, you most starting lineups are very good for every team. The problem is when you get into bumps and bruises or major injuries. Demas is a major injury. Ibrahim is a major injury. Now your depth is thin. That's the separator between most teams in college football. The depth part of it. Most starting lineups are are, are good. Most starting lineups are good. But it's the depth part where you just start losing guys. Can you overcome it? I'll never forget. For I'll give you a good example of what quality depth can mean. The first knee injury that Michael Motti had was against Temple. And it put him out for the year. All right. And who stepped in for him? Nathan Stupar. Stupar had a fabulous rest of the season. Stupar ended up getting drafted and played eight years in the NFL. That's when you're talking about quality depth and what it means. You're not going to have a future NFL guy stepping in for these guys. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Q, it's 11 and 15, Humble's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, or should be Ford, Kia, Hyundai. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, and great pre-owned inventory. And the pre-owned inventory comes with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, Humble's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. What was missing... From yesterday's show is our Monday evaluation of the Tom McGrath tailgate, Gary Goloszewski, curator. And it's been pointed out to me that 
It was missing from yesterday's show. People look forward to it. And the bottom line is this. Amy Goloshevsky, who had to miss the Villanova tailgate, returned. It was a bright light that changed the tone of the entire tailgate. And you always want to work with people who make you better. Tony, for example, today is in there today. Tony is doing his bit and making me better. Right? Thumbs up to you, Tony. Gary Goloszewski, curator of the Tomograph Tailgate. did, I thought, shorthanded, an admirable job the week before. But it is obvious in this situation that Amy makes him and the entire tailgate better. I went there before, I went there after. Now, I had no food before, I had no food after, but that's okay. But people always wonder, what is the evaluation? There you go. So, again, you have to, one of the keys is always to work with people who can make you better. I mean, obviously I have that with Jack Ham. I obviously have that with Dick Girardi. I mentioned Tony today as admirable a job shorthanded that Gary did the week before. And it was admirable. He was shorthanded. Amy's ability to make GG, Gary Goloszewski, and the entire tailgate better was on display this past week. So I thought I'd pass that along. It was the kind of jolt that the world-famous and truly esteemed Tom McGrath tailgate needed. Yeah. Just thought we'd throw that in. People always want to know our evaluation of the tailgate. So there you go. All right. Uh, thanks to Jack Johnson uh, following the show. Appreciate that very much, Jack. And also, we've had a lot of comments on Facebook as well. <laughs> all right. So we're having a little fun here right now. Hey, it's what the show's all about, having a little bit of fun. And we have a lot of fun on the show. Uh, Penn State at Iowa Saturday, 4 o'clock, where I'm beginning at 2.30. And then a bye week. And then a bye week. 
and it's going to be warm. I think it's going to be, I think I saw it's going to be 83 degrees. Really? I mean, 83 on Saturday? I will admit that if the game were like, say, 71, 72 in early October in Iowa City, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, okay, that happens, sure. I didn't expect it was going to be 83. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I I, I was checking that out today. Again, just going through and saying, just one more time, are we sure about that? Because, I mean, the warmest it's going to get here. Now, it's, it's humid today. I think right now, here, right now, it's 77 here. But, man, it's something that I didn't expect. Now, Brian Tripp, who's our sideline reporter, mentioned it to us in the postgame on Saturday. Jack and I are looking at him like, What? Heck, you're kidding me, really? So then I had to go up and I had to, I had to look it up. Okay. See, now right now in Iowa, it's 69 degrees in Iowa City. 69. But then we get to, then it gets to 76, 76, 79 on Friday, 83 on Saturday. Are you kidding me? <laughs> With gusting winds to 22. And this is not a case, by the way, where, well, yeah, you know, it's later in the day, so it'll cool down into the 60s at night. The game, you got to remember, the game's at 3 o'clock in the afternoon there. It's not, it's 4 o'clock here. They, it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So this whole thing, it'll be over by 6.30. Which is when the sun sets. The sun sets at 6.35 there. So by 6.35, unless it's overtime, well, it's, yeah, 6.35 Central Time. So 7.35 Eastern Time? 7.35 Eastern Time will be sunset there. The game will be over by the time the sun goes down. I mean, it'll cool down in the second half for obvious reasons. But, but, it is... um, That's you know it, that's going to be that's something at least to, to consider and think about. You know, this is going to be hydration. This is going to be not just water. It's going to be Gatorade, electrolytes, fans on the sideline. I mean, they had originally, believe it or not, they originally had ordered because you got to put in an order before you need it. You know, do we need? The original order put in a month ago was to make sure they had on standby heated benches. It's October 9th. So you're you're trying to think of what are the contingencies here. Well, now they've had to change up. They've got to order fans. You don't need heated benches. Simple stuff like that. 
And believe me, it's the last thing Iowa expects, too. I mean, the temperatures are the same all week between the two places. Um, but that is that is the last thing I expected. <laughs> it's like 80. Brian looked at this, and Jack and I are looking at Brian like, really? Like I said, if, if it was like 71, 72, October 9th, yeah, I can see that happening. In Iowa City, sure. I mean, you know, how many times have I done games out there in September and October in Iowa? Same thing in November. I mean, I've done a lot of games out there. I mean, a lot. Uh, but it's but never that warm. And I even did a game uh, 1984. 1984. I did a game in September where I was the third announcer. And Chuck Long was the quarterback. Penn State won the game, I think, 20 to 18. It was out there in 1984. And it was, I mean, and it was warm that day. But that was early September. It was a, you know, for Penn State at that point, they were an independent. And they played, I want to say they played Iowa. I think it was like the third game of the season or something like that out there. So it was early to mid-September. And, yeah, it's going to be warm. Man, you don't think about that in October. But, hey, look, both teams have to play, and it's no big, you know, to be honest with you, it's no big deal. But it is an interesting part of the game. It's you know, under the category of one of the last things you expected happened to be. <laughs> and that's one of the last things you expected it to be. You would, you didn't sit there and go, hey, it's going to be 83 at kickoff. Yikes. Because, again, kickoff's at 3 o'clock Central Time. It's, not, it's 4 o'clock Eastern, but it's 3 o'clock Central Time. And my point is that's the part of the day where it's, where it's going to be the warmest. Now, once you get to the second half of the game, yeah, it starts to cool down. It's no big deal. Plus, you're used to it. But that means electrolytes, fans, water. You remember they went out to Wisconsin, and in Wisconsin it was it was not a hot day. It was like 71. I think it was like 71, 72 a kickoff. It wasn't hot, but it was humid. And it was so humid to the point that fog actually rolled in before the game. I go, well, I'm looking out of the booth, and there's the Dane County Civic Center. When you look out of the booth at Wisconsin, it has a white dome on it, and you can see it. You know, it's 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 down by the by the parkway, but it's probably I don't know, five six miles away from the stadium. Yeah, you look out, you can see it. Suddenly, I look out, I can't see it, <laughs> and I've seen the fog rolling. Then, right before kickoff, the fog pushed out. I mean, so that's how humid it was that day. The humidity was the problem at Wisconsin. This seems like it's going to be 83, but not as humid, because I guess the real feel is 81. But just a side note, it's just a side note. It's not a dominating theme of anything. It's just under the category of when Brian told us that Saturday night, we looked at each other like, what the heck is going on here? Really? I thought Al Gore may have been right. <laughs> we'll come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today. 
Great to have you with us. Don't forget on Thursday we'll have our high school football roundtable as we're into the deep into the October part of the high school football schedule. And we'll preview the games that you'll hear on the Sunbury Broadcasting family of stations. Lewisburg on 100.9 The Valley. Sealands Grove on Eagle 107. And Sealands Grove's playing great lately. And also, uh, Shikalimi right here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Uh, so we'll have all that for you. I hope everybody has really enjoyed um, the YouTube channel, the YouTube broadcast. First of all, it's great. I mean, I, you know, for example, I'll give you an example. Jack and I and the entire crew, Brian, Roger, Bob, we'll go out to dinner about 6.30. We'll be back about 8.30 from dinner on, you know, Eastern time on Saturday night. I'm going to go right to my computer. I'm going to, I'm going to watch the Sugar Loving game and listen to uh, Kevin and, uh, and Dave broadcast the game. Uh, and, you know, whether it's, you know, Sealands Grove or Lewisburg, I think that has been an absolutely phenomenal uh, addition to everything that we're doing. That's been great. And I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. I think it's... And not only that, the camera work's been good. And these are three camera shoots. I mean, three camera shoots. I mean, they've been phenomenal. So let's see what we have coming up this week. Shemokin is going to take on Shigalimi. On News Radio 1070 WKOK. Sealens Grove's been rolling, playing really well. I mean, I watched that game on Friday night. I was impressed by Sealens Grove. They play Central Mountain up at Mill Hall on Eagle 107. And Lewisburg will be at home with Loyal Sock on 100.9 The Valley. And Lewisburg is now starting to play well. They beat Central Columbia Friday night 26 3. Milton beat Mifflinburg on Friday night, 15-14. Jersey Shore beat Shemokin, 38-0. Uh, Wyam missing, that was the big one, beat Southern Columbia, 41-21. Now, Southern Columbia came very close to losing to Wyoming area. And to their credit, had a big fourth quarter and kept everything rolling. But this time, not against Wyam missing, they beat him 41-21. Mount Carmel Friday beat Bloomsburg, 40-12. Danville beat Montoursville, 35-14. Uh, North Penn Mansfield beat Midwest, 35-14. Uh, Upper Dauphin beat Lime Mountain, 36-6. Athens beat Hughesville Friday night, 50-0. Troy beat Loyal Sock, 42-14. Muncie beat Northwest, 40-6. And Wyalusing beat Montgomery, 19-14. And then on Saturday, South Williamsport beat uh, Columbia Montour, Botech 40 to 8 and Saturday night Central Mountain beat Warrior Run uh 64 to 6 and again the games that we have 
These will be good games this week, too. Oil Sock will be at Lewisburg, so Lewisburg is now starting to win. They're on a roll. And that will be a 100.9 the Valley. I mentioned Central Mountain after their big win. Sealands Grove had its big win. They score off against each other. Mill Hall and Eagle 107. And Shemokin is at Shikolemi on News Radio 1070 WKOK on Friday night. And both Shemokin and uh, Shikolemi both were shut out on Friday night. Jersey Shore beat Shemokin 38 nothing, And we know what Sealands Grove did to Shikolemi 40 nothing. But again, is to me the YouTube channel is just phenomenal. You know, you get your local announcers and your local game, and um, I don't. You know, I don't know why other radio stations don't do this. They should be. I think it all it does is enhance the radio station and the advertisers. It's phenomenal. Phenomenal. And what a difference it's made. Like I said, I'll go back to my room. Boom, I'll click on the YouTube channel. Did that out at uh yeah, I've done that here at home because I mean I watched the Sugar Limit game against Seals Grove last week. But I did that at Wisconsin too. We were on the road. Didn't get it anywhere. And the difference between, I, I always laugh because they show the um, um, people will look at behind the mic. I think a lot of people watch behind the mic mostly be, to um, on the pregame show on for Penn State. I think it's just better watching the announcers do it instead of just listening to it. Which of course you can just listen to it. NWK, okay, but during the game. We're on the entire time, but all you can see is us. How exciting is that? <laughs> I mean, I had, to sit, I had to sit there the other day. I had to put together um, Inside Penn State Athletics, so I needed the post-game show interviews, and usually we have an internal site that posts the interviews, and for whatever reason, they forgot to post them. So Sunday, I had to go through, and I had to go to behind the mic on the replay of it. Like, and all I care about is like, just give me to James, get me to Jahan, get me to Joey. It's all good. <laughs> I'm like, I got to sit here and watch Jack and me. Like, come on. Oh, well. All right. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Force-treated Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 to 15. Almost Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. For Kia Hyundai, the best in new inventory. Great pre-owned inventory with the... Sunbury Motors Guarantee, fabulous sales staff that works with you, service department, awesome, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, which 11 and 15 Hubble's You're listening to. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years.